The sweet aromas of the apple fritter, cinnamon roll, and blueberry muffin are hard to resist. So making it the rest of the way home without reaching in your McDonald's bag is no easy task. But nothing worth doing is easy. Wake up and pair any one of these sweet, fluffy, frittery bakery treats with a McCafe iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. The sweet aromas of the apple fritter, cinnamon roll, and blueberry muffin are hard to resist. So making it the rest of the way home without reaching in your McDonald's bag is no easy task. But nothing worth doing is easy. Wake up and pair any one of these sweet, fluffy, frittery bakery treats with a McCafe iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. It's time to talk the world's game from an American perspective. Presented by Three Lions Pub, you're listening to Two Up Front, where we focus on all things American soccer. From the NWSL, MLS, U.S. national teams, and all the way to the youth levels. Now in the studio, your hosts, Baxter Colburn and Simon Provan. Welcome to another edition of Two Up Front, presented by Three Lions Pub here at the Attention Era Media Studios, broadcasting live on Brew Sports. I am Baxter Colburn. And I'm Simon Provan. Well, Simon Provan, how are you today, sir? I'm okay, Baxter. It's good to see you back here. I missed yeah, you last week. Yeah. Well, you know, Doggy's doing better, so. Good. Had to get her taken care of. That is the important thing. I mean, I feel like sometimes you just, you never know what Mother Nature is going to throw right. at you. That's right. My, my wife just called me before we got on the air today, and she's like, so, today is my son Beckham's four-month birthday i guess or month day and she was like well he decided to have the biggest blowout in the world and the biggest spit up i've ever seen as well too and she's like of course it was when he was in his cute outfit for his four month and she's like you just you never know she's like what am i supposed to do i'm like just just laugh i'm like that's all you can do like yeah all right you know life throws that's parenthood is what it is exactly she's like life just throws stuff at us all the time so Kind of funny, but uh, we've got some great stuff in store for you guys today. We uh, are going to be joined in just a little bit by ESPN FC senior writer Jeff Carlisle. And then we're going to be joined by one of our Premier League and Champions League correspondents, Marcelo Taborga, as well, too, to help break down all the really one-sided games that have been going on in these final legs of the Champions League. I'm a little, little surprised by that, honestly, but hey... Welcome to the Champions League, where nothing makes sense. It's kind of like March Madness, I feel like. Yeah, well, absolutely, but big, you know, big, and I will get into it. But big ups to uh, Leicester City, yeah, coming from behind coming and top lane Sevilla. So congrats to Leicester City. The Fox has got to have something to cheer about. Oh, they I feel do. Like. Yeah. It's like, yeah. well, are we sack our manager? We might get relegated. Whatever. Just, just win the <laughs> Champions League, and it'll make it all better. I feel like if, I mean, well, I don't want to get ahead to that. I'll get, we'll get into that in just a moment. But we do want to remind you guys, of course, that if you do uh, want to check out the program, you can watch us here live on Brew Sports on Wednesdays from 10 to 11 a.m. Central Time. Uh, you can also go to our website, 2upfrontsoccer.com, to find out the audio past versions of our shows, which are available on iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Spreaker.com as well. Yeah, you can find us on Facebook. Just type in 2upfront in the search bar. Give us a like. We just recently 
got to 600 likes back there, so thank you to all of our loyal listeners. Uh, you can also check us out on Twitter, at 2UpFrontSoccer. That's the number two. Don't spell it out. <laughs> He's at Baxter Colburn. I'm at Simon Provan. All right, Simon Provan. Your favorite time of year is taking place right now, aside it from is. Major League Soccer. Yes. Aside from that, it is the World Badminton Championships in India. No, that's, that's not <laughs> it. He's a big badminton fan, if you didn't know. No, uh, the, 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 the CONCACAF Champions League semifinals are taking place first leg last night of Tigris and Vancouver getting off to a, a, a chippy start. You, you got a chance to catch most of the game. I did. I was, I was watching it Facebook Live, and uh, Vancouver did what a road team's going to do. They, they hung back, tried to, tried to force some goals on the counterattack. Unfortunately, well, they were doing okay for the first 65 minutes or so, but then let in an own goal on an attempted clearance, so that was a heartbreaker. And then with just a few minutes to go, Tigris with a, a fantastic strike outside of the 18, Baxter. Uh, Tigris up 2-0, uh, heading back now to BC Place for Vancouver. Um, you know, they didn't get that away goal. They gave up two goals. That's, that's going to be tough to hard, overcome. That's a hard thing, honestly, to dig yourself into that kind of a hole. Do you think that Vancouver has what it takes, though, to, to come back? I mean, going back home, they, they've actually been scoring goals in MLS, which I would have been more weary about if Vancouver hadn't been even doing anything offensively. Well, and that's, that's the thing. Do they, have, do they have what it takes? I'm not sure at this point. Maybe it's too early in the season, but Tigris doesn't have that great of a defense, so it would be nice to true. see Vancouver try to expose some of that, especially since they'll be playing at home. That is true, yeah, and I think that uh, with Vancouver continuing to build the pieces in with Freddie Montero and Breck Shea, a part of, the, you know, a part of what the team is doing now, I, I think you, you have to feel a little optimistic. I mean, and it's, I mean, realistically, if you're any team and you'd be like, well, Barcelona came back. Like, why can't we come back sort of a thing? You know, like, I mean, it's in a little different circumstance. Well, you know, and here's still. the thing. Last night, Carl Robinson said after the game, anyone who he said anyone who says there is isn't a gap doesn't understand football. And and I think mm. there is some truth to that. That you know, the gap of a Barcelona to PSG is much more narrow than a gap between the Vancouver Whitecaps and, and Tigres of Mexico, which we've talked about on the show multiple times about the the difference between Liga MX and MLS clubs as well too. So. Something to certainly keep in, in mind as we, you know, as we go forward. Uh, there's a second game, of course, taking place tonight as well, too. Uh, FC Dallas and Pachuca? Yes, FC Dallas Pachuca. Pachuca, a uh, four-time champion of the CONCACAF Champions League. Uh, however, FC Dallas, they're, they're looking at this in the right way. They rested a lot of starters. Pereira rested a lot of the uh, FC Dallas starters last weekend, where they still ended up getting a draw at mm. Sporting Kansas City. I do think FC Dallas gives MLS the best hope since Real Salt Lake was in the final in 2011. I know right. Montreal was in there in 2015, but uh, they, they pretty much got blown out of the water by Club America <laughs> on that second leg. Uh, Real Salt Lake actually really challenged Monterey in 2011. They did. Uh, listen, FC Dallas is playing really well. They've got uh, some, you know, great players. Kellen Acosta, of course, leading the way. But then when you've got defensively Walker Zimmerman, Matt Hedges in the back, uh, this this team this team is looking like they can hold up well against a Pachuca. Well, and the big storyline even outside of that is that uh, Omar Gonzalez is coming back to the Dallas area as well, too, So with being one of the of center course. backs for Pachuca. So, of course, the U.S. national team fans and just in general are keeping a, a close eye on what's taking place, of course, with everything with Omar Gonzalez. And, you know, will he ever come back to MLS? I don't know. Maybe once he's older and feels that he can cash in on a DP contract. But another fun little storyline to really just kind of keep an eye on if you're, if you're a big fan of the, the, the CCL semifinals as well. And just an Omar Gonzalez fan as well. well. And I think, if anything, Baxter, this should 
be an exciting game. Both of these teams like to push forward. Uh, Oscar mm-hmm. Pereira has come out and said that we're at home. We're not going to sit back. We're, we're going to go after it. You know, they want to they make sure that when they go down to Mexico for the return leg that hopefully they have a nice cushion of a score down there. Yes, I think that would definitely be the, the big portion. I mean, you obviously want to get it, even just one goal makes a, makes a huge difference. It's better to start with at least one instead of just being completely buried. So, and, of course, we'll not letting see. in any away goals That's would, the be big a, thing. would be a big deal. You're absolutely right about that. So we'll definitely keep an eye on that. Uh, Simon is, of course, our resident CCL expert, <laughs> so we'll be looking for you, Simon, to give us the latest and greatest information all surrounding, of course, what is taking place uh, in the CCL. Uh, have you have you heard about this guy Christian Pulisic? I heard he's kind of a good player. I have heard, yeah, he does a decent job over there in Germany. So apparently he is scoring goals like they're going out of style, and the Germans are like, "Who is this American boy that continues to score goals?" He he's completed the the unconventional hat trick of goals, where he has scored one goal in the last th- in each of the last three games. So it's a hat trick, but not in the same sense that you and I know it, where it's three in a game. But he is scoring consistently, getting consistent minutes for the senior team. Something is going right. Well, and along with that, Baxter, especially that goal that he had where he chipped the goalkeeper. I'm blanking. I don't have it in front of me here who that was against. But it showed the intelligence that he has as well, that he wasn't just trying to slam that ball into the net. He had one way to put that ball in the goal, and he did it. You know, he, he was patient. He was calm. He was controlled. And he put the ball away. So for, smart, for him to have that, that, that field awareness and that soccer intelligence at 18 years old is, is pretty amazing. You're absolutely right about that. Do you, do you get excited if you're, a men's, if you're a U.S. soccer fan at this point saying, holy cow, Christian is actually doing something. What is, what's Josie doing? What's Michael Bradley doing? Uh, I don't. I don't even think it's a question. Of course, you get excited if you're a U.S. men's national team supporter and and you see what Christian Pulisic is doing over mm-hmm. there in Germany, uh, the way he's playing for Dortmund. That's what you want to see. I mean, you know, he keeps getting compared to Landon Donovan, and I, I know there there'll be the critics out there that say, well, Landon, Always. you know, didn't last in <laughs> Germany and only had a couple of stints with Everton and in, in the Premier League. Um, but even Landon Donovan will admit that Christian Pulisic is much farther ahead than he was. Yeah, at he's that come age. out and said that a couple of times as well, too. I mean, like, look, this kid clearly knows what he's doing, and I think that is really what is going to continue to power U.S. soccer forward, especially come Gold Cup time, because obviously you want your veterans that understand what it like what it's like to play some of these you know south africa or not south african central american teams and you you obviously want to to have the veteran leadership but you need the new spice to just flare up the offense well and think about this baxter a, a possible midfield that has fabian johnson darlington nagby and christian mm-hmm. pulisic if you can put all those pieces together somehow that's a strong midfield you're right and I, I think that that certainly is going to be a big thing going forward, especially if Darlington Nagmi continues to grow into the player that you and I hope he does. He's done a pretty good job so far with Portland on the season, I feel like. Yeah, he sure has. We'll have to continue to keep an eye on him uh, as we go forward. Uh, you've got one other fun little story for us before we get to Jeff Carlisle. Uh, School is important. School is very you're, important. You're a professor. E- even if, uh, yeah, so maybe I'm a little biased on this, but, <laughs> but even if you're playing for Bayer Leverkusen in the Champions League, you still may have to miss the game because you've got exams. Uh, so, and that's exactly what is going on, Baxter, with striker Kai Hervets. Uh, he, he plays for Bayer Leverkusen, and uh, he actually has to sit out the next Champions League game because he has to attend school to finish up his exams. Really? So, so Bayer Leverkusen, if you don't know, has to take on Atletico Madrid uh, today, uh, later on this afternoon. Uh, is he? I don't know, I guess, much about this player. Is he an integral part of what they've been doing? Well, he's played nine games for Bayer in 2017. Okay. He's 17 years old. Uh, his, uh, Rudy Voller, legend in the German football sure. game. Uh, 
he thinks he's a fantastic player, a young starlet. So is he is he an integral part to Leverkusen? I wouldn't you say I wouldn't say he's an integral part. However, um, <laughs> you know he's looking at playing time in Champions League, so yeah. that says a lot there. But you can't make excuses. You you can't give this kid a, a special pass to not do his exams because he's a professional soccer player. He's still got to suffer the consequences exactly. if, you, if you don't take him. You have, you're absolutely right about and that. And, yes, I'm biased, all right? I'm a college no, professor. No, and I understand. So. I was just going to ask you, though, have you ever had any weird situations like this come up in your, in your teaching time at all? Where Never had like, anybody playing like in the Bundesliga that uh, <laughs> I had to excuse for Commuting exams. in for theater class. Be like, I need, to, I need to do my Shakespeare. No, you must play in the Champions League. I feel like for you, you'd I, be like, your, your soccer pole would be like, you should go play. It's totally fine. Like I won't tell anybody. You know, I, I might, I might trade off. Like maybe he teaches my, uh, my acting students a German dialect or something yeah, like that. There you that, go. That might work. You see, everybody wins. I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> We're kind of a silly, uh, kind of a silly but uh, fun story though. To, Absolutely. Uh, to conclude unique, our... anyways. Yes. Yes. Exactly. So that concludes our kick around. Three Lions Pub in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, is just the place for me. They've got everything. Great pub food, a wonderful selection of draft beers, and a brilliant atmosphere, especially during Premier League matches. Check out the Three Lions Pub menu at threelionspub.com, where you can also find all their specials and the great events that take place throughout the year. Three Lions Pub, where across the pond is now across the street. Now we're going to move into the next part of our show where we're going to uh, bring on our first uh, wonderful guest today, uh, one of the senior writers over at ESPN FC. It's Jeff Carlisle, and he joins us now on the uh, shopfootsell.com call-in, or in this case, video line. Jeff, uh, good morning to you, sir. How are we doing today? Oop, Jeff isn't unmuted, I don't think. One second, Jeff. I think we'll get, we'll get to you here in just a quick second. It's, it's, this is officially our first video interview it isn't is it? officially technically so, yeah so, so thanks for thanks for waiting for us jeff we'll get, as we work out the kinks a little bit here we'll get jeff unmuted here in just a quick second but uh one of the things we're going to talk about though i think is going to be axel horberg and his his injury which i think is a big thing that that people need to need to keep an eye on but um you you've been very you know happy with what axel horberg has done so far though in his career wouldn't you say oh absolutely i mean to, you know obviously played at uh Marquette University and uh, did a wonderful job there playing now with the Colorado Rapids as as you mentioned injured now but last season you know should have been selected to the all-star team that was a that was a big snub but I'm, I'm excited to see after he gets over this injury what he has to offer this season in Major League Soccer I agree okay uh, I think we've got Jeff now uh, on the line with us Jeff are you there sir I am. How are All you guys? Right. There, we, there go. we go. Apologies about that, Jeff. We're doing well. Uh, excited to have you back on the program, and uh, you're looking good, sir. You look like you're just kind of relaxing, just having. Do you? Does anybody work at ESPN, or do you guys just hang around all day? <laughs> like, what? How does this work? Oh, we're working. Believe me. Uh, <laughs> but it's uh, the kids have just left for school, so it's uh, a little bit of peace has come to the Carlisle household. So. <laughs> ah, there we go. I I, yeah. I I understand that. Well, well, Jeff, one of the first things we want to ask you about uh, centers around a very young budding center back here in Major League Soccer, Axel Horberg for the Colorado Rapids. Uh, reports saying he's going to be out about six to eight weeks uh, with with the injury that he has sustained. Your thoughts about this injury and how it affects Colorado going forward for the first you know part of the season here? Yeah, it's a big injury for Colorado. I mean, you know, their foundation is defense, um, and, and he's been you know just a, a huge part of that. That, that that solution, that style that Colorado plays. Um, you know, they do have Bobby Burling. Um, and I know that last year, you know, Burling got, got quite a bit of time alongside Horberg. Um, but, uh, you know, and then Jared Watts kind of stepped in and, and uh, you know, 
was able to claim that starting spot. So, I mean, you know, Colorado does have a little bit of depth, but I mean, you know, Holbrook has, has really come on, you know, by leaps and bounds, you know, over the last year and uh, has really emerged as, as one of the top center backs in MLS. So, yeah, I think anytime uh, a team loses a player of, of that importance, you know, it's going to be a little bit difficult to overcome. But, you know, Colorado strikes me as a team that, that's very much, you know, they have their own style. They have their own way of going about doing right, things. Yes. It's not always the easiest on the eyes, but um, they know what they're about. And, and I think that lends itself to surviving an injury like this a, a little bit better than, say, most teams. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're not going to change just because Axel Horberg isn't in the lineup. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have to take a wait-and-see approach to see how Colorado deals with it and, and how effective they're still able to be on the defense of that. And, of course, it helps that they essentially have a bye week this week, right, playing against uh, Minnesota United at home. <laughs> <laughs> well, Minnesota can threaten. I mean, you know, they, they, they have been able to get some goals. So, uh, you know, it's, it's on their defensive end that they've had some huge problems. Absolutely. And, yeah, I mean, it's it's been kind of shocking just, you know, how disorganized, how the team does not seem to be on, on the same page at all defensively. And, and even in midfield where, you know, it looked like they had some some players who – you know, like Mohamed Saeed who, and Colin Warner, who, who know what the league is about, who, you know, typically do, do fairly well in the defensive end. You know, they, they really struggle to kind of apply pressure in midfield. And I, I think we saw last weekend with Atlanta that when you give a team like Atlanta time on the ball, they're going to they're gonna carve you up. So, uh, you know, as, as much as there's been complaints about the back line, and, and there are a lot of legitimate ones, I, I, I think the whole team-wide approach to defending – really needs a rethink and uh you know we'll see what adrian heath is able to come up with this weekend well staying on minnesota united is is it a little odd to you that that they splashed all that cash on kevin molino and then didn't give him much of a surrounding cast at this point i, I know they've talked about holding on to those dp slots and seeing perhaps how things go up until the summer and, and then using them but hey, i'm just curious about your thoughts on on again splashing that cash on kevin molino and then not really giving him much of a surrounding uh, surrounding cast well, you know, they, they have uh, Venegas, who they got from Montreal, who, I mean, there's a lot of people will recall, he gave the U.S. all kinds of fits in, in sure. that Costa Rica right. World Cup qualifier. So um, I, I think he's a quality player. Um, you know, we'll see what Christian Ramirez is able to do, you know, after he gets a few games under his belt. Um, you know, this is, this is a big step up for a lot of these guys. Yeah, right. Miguel Ibarra, I mean, we haven't we've hardly – I don't think he's made it onto the field yet, if, I, if memory serves. I think, so, he, I think he played a little bit against Portland. If, if yeah, I he, right, he might have got. You're right. He might have gotten on the field there at the end, but it's still. I mean, I think, you know, he he was a a, a much ballyhooed acquisition, and, and for him to get so little playing time, I think is is a little bit of a surprise, and it kind of makes you wonder, you know, what what his role is going to be going forward. So. Uh, so I, really, I, I'm not worried that much about the attack for, for Minnesota. I mean, they, they, they showed some some decent flashes, uh, you know, even in really tough conditions last weekend. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it's really all about the defense and especially in transition. It's just like they – once the ball turns over, it, it seems like Minnesota's completely at sea. So, 
you know, that's something that they're going to have to sort out. Yeah, I mean, you start off the season with a negative nine goal difference. It certainly starts to raise some questions for you, honestly. And another team, too, that if I were to give you two teams before the season started, say, who do you think was going to have, you know, zero wins, the Galaxy or Minnesota United? You probably would have chosen Minnesota United, but obviously the Galaxy, they've yet to win a game this season as well. They're actually potentially looking towards the future, Jeff, is what it sounds like, at least come the summertime. There's been all these rumors uh, linking them to wanting to make Zlatan Ibrahimovic the highest paid player in MLS history, you know, blowing the whole David Beckham deal out of the water. Is there any actual weight to these rumors? And if it does happen, do you think it's a good move for MLS as well, too, and for the Galaxy specifically? Well, I'll take the second question first. I think it would be a great move if, if Zlatan Ibrahimovic came to MLS. I mean, he would he would bring attention. And, and granted, you know, MLS has been moving away from, from the older you know, star player who's at the end of their career, you know, bringing that kind of player into to MLS. But I, I think Ibrahimovic is the exception. I, I think he's a player who would put butts in the seats. He would get eyeballs on television. And, you know, I, I just think he'd be fantastic for the league. I, it, you know, it just, um, it would just ratchet up the, the level of attention that, that MLS would get. You know, as, in terms of how much meat on the bone there is, I mean, I'm told that there's a long, long way to go. Um, hmm. You know, I, I made some calls around the league, and you know, it, you know, my question was, how far along is this? And the response was, well, it's a lot has to happen before you can even say it's far along. So it sounds like that the Galaxy have made an offer. You know, it, it's you know basically the, the first step that you make. Uh, you know, but obviously Ibrahimovic is having a fantastic season with Manchester United, and uh, you know, Jose Mourinho is a pretty persuasive guy. So I, I think. You know, he, he's going to he's going to have some say as to, to what Ibrahimovic's future is. Now, I mean, Ibrahimovic, say, having said that, Ibrahimovic is his own <laughs> guy. I mean, he's going to do what what he wants. And mm-hmm. you might feel that uh, he's conquered England and, and you know, he, he can move on to other things. But I, I think that buzz of, you know, just kind of being in that European soccer fishbowl, if you will. You know, I, I think that's that, that still has some pull. And, um, you know, granted. Living in LA would be a huge adventure for him, you know. And, and uh, but at the same time, I, you know, we'll see if Man- Manchester United makes the Champions League. We'll see if they slide into one of those spots, and uh, you know that that could have a, a big say in terms of whether Zlatan stays uh, with Manchester United as well. Uh, sticking with MLS, Jeff, uh, I do got a question for you on the flip side, on the positive side. Houston Dynamo. Uh, I, I had predicted that they'd actually make the playoffs because I, I like the moves that Wilmer. Cabara had made, mm-hmm. uh, but my goodness, Kyoto, Alice doing wonderful jobs there up top for Houston. Surprised at all by how well they're doing so quickly? A little bit. Um, I mean, just you never know how these guys are going to settle in. Uh, you know, there's there's always a big question mark. Um, I mean, a player's ability to adapt to MLS, you know, just uh, in, in terms of the physical style, in terms of the travel, in terms of the the extreme weather conditions that that you you would even experience this time of year. I mean, those those are all questions, you know, heading into it. Now they have played two home games, so I mean, let, let's see how these guys do on the road. Um, let's see what happens when they get an injury or two, or you know, some suspensions start to kick in and and starts to test their depth. I mean. You know, don't forget last year, I think Orlando started 2-0-2 and then didn't make the playoffs. So, um, you know, I, I think it's important not to get too carried away at this point, but certainly Houston looks much more dynamic. You know, they, they look much more, 
much more able to do some damage in the attacking third. I mean, it, it was it was a difficult situation last year, uh, especially with Owen Coyle leaving and then Wade Barrett coming in. They were leaking so many goals that, you know, that was the first thing that you had to try to fix if you're Wade Barrett. And, you know, I, I think for the rest of the year, that team struggled to really find that balance between defense and attack. And uh, now they, they seem to have, have, you know, found that balance. You know, they, they seem to have some players who are just much more capable in the final third. So uh, I think reasons to be optimistic if you're a Houston fan, but we still need a few more data points before we can really consider them a, a you know, big-time contender in the West. Sure, and a follow-up to that, Jeff. Uh, obviously, the two players I named are Honduran. Uh, the U.S. will be seeing them soon. How much of an advantage is it for the U.S. to see these two guys playing in MLS right now? Yeah, I mean, it gives them some additional information. Um, you know, I, I think the, the guys that you mentioned are so new, although I think Albert Elise, uh, I think he, he gave the U23s all they could handle, if I'm not mistaken, on that Olympic qualifier. <laughs> yes, um, so it's, you know, I think there's some guys who are on that team who, who have some, uh, some some tough memories, you know, of Elise, but um you know, it, 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 I, the more information, the better. But, um, you know, we'll see how, you know, whether those guys get on the field. We'll, we'll see, uh, you know, how many of those MLS guys are, are, are going to play a big role. I mean, I know Roger Espinosa is getting called in. Sure. So, I mean, he's another MLS guy. I mean, he, he's a guy that I, yeah, I expect to have to play a little bit bigger role, uh, just, just given his experience in World Cup qualifying as well. So, uh, but, you know, that's going to be that's going to be a really tense, just white knuckle type of a qualifier. I mean, that, that granted those, those adjectives tend to describe most qualifiers, but just given where the U S stands, it's, it's going to be, it, it's going to be a really tense affair. I think. Awesome. Uh, one last question for you, Jeff, just wondering if you've heard any rumors at all on the uh, MLS expansion race, if you could fill us in on that at all. Well, I mean, it's, it's still early days. Um, you know, I, I hear that basically MLS at this stage is, is really kind of, internally focused i think is the best way you, you could put it you know they've got 12 bids that they have to try to sort through and and, and on, you know, and on top of that two of them you yeah. know initially and, yeah. and then they then they say well we're going to pick two more at a later date so that's that's really open-ended um i mean i've got to believe that that sacramento is sitting in a, in a really good spot um Don Garber seems to love San Diego. You know, just you know, there, there were a lot of talks even before you know, the, the Super Draft about, you know, how he was talking to, to leaders there kind of on the down low. I mean, the question then becomes, do you put two teams in California? I mean, obviously, the, the whole point of this expansion thing is to expand the national footprint. Right. You know, give more value to, to future television deals. So, uh, you know, I, I think it, it seems tough for me to think that, both Sacramento and San Diego are going to come in as, as a pair. Um, you know, they, they, MLS keeps talking about, you know, they want to have more of a presence in the South, but it seems like at least some of the bids, you know, in that area of the country are, are a little problematic. So, uh, and then St. Louis has got a, a pretty big vote that uh, they, they've got to try to overcome. So uh, I, I think Sacramento's ticked all the boxes, you know, we'll, we'll see if they want to put a, another team in California and then also one that's kind of close to San Jose. It's a, it's, you know, a couple hour drive away. So um, every bit I think has got, you know, it's issues. It, it's got some, some things that kind of make you cock your head to the side and think, Hey, is this really the right, the right place to be? Um, so it's, again, I think MLS is just trying to absorb all this information that they've gotten from the, from the bids and, and then they'll, they'll try to move on from there. 
Well, good stuff, Jeff. We appreciate you joining us on to Upfront today. Uh, where can people continue to find your, uh, your wonderful writing and also follow you on social media for the latest news about the soccer world? Uh, well, they can follow me on Twitter at, at Jeffrey Carlisle. And then uh, if they just go to ESPNFC.com, put my name in the search bar, uh, you know, they'll find my stuff that way as well. Awesome, Jeff. We appreciate you taking the time today, sir. We'll talk to you soon. Anytime, guys. Thanks, uh, Jeff. No problem. There goes Jeff Carlisle on the shopfootsell.com call video slash multimedia line, uh, keeping us in the know with everything taking place in the soccer world. Some great stuff from Jeff as well, too. I was hoping he was going to give us a little bit like, yes, guys, San Diego's the next place. But yes, guys, <laughs> like maybe David Beckham finally has woken up from the rock that he's been hiding under. Well, I'll tell you what. That, speaking of David Beckham, Baxter, that was one of the things I was, I was going to uh, offer up to Jeff as well. Mm. Is, is, uh, he's talking about how MLS is looking at themselves right now. Yes. Well, it comes out yesterday in Miami. That's another thing MLS is trying to sort out comes out in Miami yesterday that uh, either an alderman or, or perhaps the mayor or one of the congressmen, uh, whoever it was, was basically saying, we don't, I, don't, I don't want this to be a, the site that apparently Beckham's group has spent $19 million on. This guy now has come out and said, I, I don't want to. Uh, You've already spent that much money. Right. <laughs> well, this, this man has come out and said, I, I don't want this land to be for a stadium anymore. I want it to be for uh, low-income housing. Huh. Low-income housing. So, okay. it, the, the, so the saga continues. Uh, MLS has come out and said that Miami will not be ready for 2018. So sure. there will be an odd number of teams in the league in, starting in 2018. Uh, when it comes to 2019, mm -hmm. Miami's hoping to have a team. But there's got to be a point at, at which the league says either to the city of Miami, you know, give us this land. Mm -hmm. and, and then, look, I, I realize it's not as simple as that, but there's got to be a point where, again, we're on, we're on year number three now of, right. of waiting for this franchise to It'd happen. It'd be great, but when's it going to actually happen? Well, so, yeah, so the MLS at some point has to either tell Beckham, you know, this is find a new city or, or be done with it. Right. I, I know MLS is really pushing for Miami. I still am not sold on the idea of, of Miami. If you're not already really. getting this much pushback mm -hmm. and, and you don't see a lot of soccer supporters coming out and saying, no, we need this. That's the thing, too. I mean, you the don't, is, there's the, not an outcry. Well, and the league has already failed in mm -hmm. Miami once before. I realize it's different times, but uh, they're, they're, I understand there's a big Cuban contingent down there. But mm -hmm. everything that I read about is there's more baseball fans, and there's not even a lot of those people in uh in Miami. So if you can't get the baseball fans out to Marlins Stadium, uh, you're not hearing much <laughs> from soccer supporters in Miami. No. Why continue to push the issue? And I, I would agree with you on that one as well, too. And I think that's really the, what it really boils down to is that where is the want for it? It's, it would be, this would make so much more sense if you had Sacramento-type fans in Miami, like, marching in the streets, making supporters groups, saying, David Beckham or MLS, give us our team. Tampa Bay is just up the road, and they're doing even way more than what, what Miami is doing. Like, Tampa has at least put together a plan and at least gotten approval where Miami is just yeah, floating out in the sea, not caring. They're just missing a fourth of a stadium in you know, Tampa Bay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, that's all they could afford, I guess. See, if, if, if Beckham went to Tampa, maybe then they could also they could help work each, with each other out as well, too. And that's what I almost wonder, too. And we've talked about this. What if Beckham just picks up shop and says, all right, San Diego, all right, Sacramento, all right, whoever, I'll just come give you some of my money since I already know California or wherever – and I can actually get a bid to actually go through. Yeah, I do wonder if this if there's more behind the scenes, more in that contract that we don't know about. Um, what I mean by that is, we know David Beckham gets a discount on a franchise. I think he only has to pay twenty million dollars to get a franchise. I love that. That's the going rate for an MLS <laughs> franchise. 10, only twenty you know, million. Ten percent of ten percent of what teams are paying now. Right. Uh, but 
you wonder if if Miami was part of that equation. If he got to pick one city and that was it, mm. is is that why we haven't seen David Beckham pack up and go elsewhere yet? That is a good po- that's a good question. I would like to hopefully get answers about that. Maybe we'll try to get a hold of David Beckham's PR people. Be like, can we? Do you mind? Like, can we just can we just chat with him real fast? And I don't know how much of it's even really his fault though. At the same time, I mean, like you, we've talked. I mean, he keeps getting shut down at almost every different you know door that potentially is even a sliver open. He's like, guys, can I like? Nope, like can't. So. Well, it's funny because they, they had announced, too, on March 6th that they were going to do a big announcement and then scrap that. Here it is, March 15th. And yes. Nothing. Nothing. Appreciate that, Miami. You guys are the best. We love you. All right. Uh, let's uh, chat about the NWSL really quick before we get to Marcelo Taborga. Uh, the preseason rosters officially coming out for all of the NWSL clubs. Uh, it's good to see. The Boston Breakers, uh, of course, adding all the players that they have. Uh, I really want to see what Rose Lavelle does because the bits that I saw with her at the national team level, you have to feel optimistic if you're a Breakers fan. Look, she was one of the she was one of the few bright spots in the She Believes. Yes, Cup. I didn't realize how fast Rose Lavelle was. I, I agree with you, Baxter. Oh my goodness! When I was watching the games and the highlights, and I was like, "Wait, that's Rose Lavelle? I thought it was somebody else." I was like, "Is Usain Bolt like put a wig on and just running out there like?" She was insanely fast, and it wasn't just like a, a fast to be fast. Like she had ball control the entire time, which is very hard to do. Absolutely, and just looking at the league overall, Baxter. Um, listen, I know obviously Alex Morgan is playing for Lyon. She'll be back at some point, right? Uh, Crystal Dunn is gone. Yes. she's she's playing for Chelsea's women. Uh, but however, you, you look at the rosters in this league: North Carolina, Chicago Red Stars, who I think have to be one of the favorites. Yeah, uh, the Thorns. Uh, FC Kansas City getting a bunch of their Sydney stars back. And Boston Breakers being loaded at this point, really. The Dash, a little bit of improvement eh. there. We shall see. Uh, Orlando Pride, obviously, looking better. Uh, this obviously adding up to be the most competitive year in the NWSL. And I think that's what the league needs. You need a highly competitive league to continue to, to push forward. And I get it. Somebody always has to be the bad team. That's just how sports work. Somebody ha- you, know, you, you can't win every game. I get that, but I feel like if you've got all 10 teams competing at a high level, no matter what, no matter who first through 10 is, I think it just makes the league better. Even if Boston ends up in last place, but they still win 10 games or whatever, they're still going to be pushing people all season long. Absolutely. And that's I think that's that exactly got the, what you they've want. They've got the personnel to do that. I think the team that you and I are probably going to be watching the most this year is Seattle, though, because they've made all these transitions during the offseason to get in Christine Naren, Megan Rapinoe starting to come back as well, too. They've just been continuously adding and signing players, and Jess Fishlock had a great success while she was down at the W League as well, too. This is a team that's going to walk in day one and expect to be a top three team, probably. Yeah, I agree with you, Baxter, and and that's exactly what I'm pointing to. With only four teams making the playoffs, uh, that's what I mean by being the most competitive year. Because there are no clear-cut one, two, three, four this year. No, I don't think so. I I will say this, and it, it pains me to say this because we love Christy Holly. Really, really do. I love Christy Hall. I don't think Sky Blue is going to be good this year. I really don't. Just based off of the offseason trans- uh, transfers that they've made, the roster really doesn't have a lot of dynamic, you know, kicky-in-the-face kind of players. Yeah, the only thing I will them. say is we were saying the same thing about Western New York Flash last year. True. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> through the season, we get budding stars that we didn't realize were stars. That's true. Uh, so, so you never know. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I mean Christy is a, an exceptional coach, too. Like I said, we've had him on the program before, and we know that he is very capable of motivating his players to do virtually anything. And Raquel Rodriguez last season, I believe, was the rookie of the year. Uh, just a, a dynamic player that could be, as you mentioned, that player that shoots up out of nowhere and be like, hey, guys, I'm really, really good. 
I'm going to continue to do really well going forward. And you're going to get uh, you're going to get Kelly O'Hara back uh, later on in the season when she's done with Arsenal Women. Um, you're going to you still have Christine Rampone hanging around right now, but yeah, I don't know. I'm still a little hesitant to think if I had to pick a a worse team to start. I feel like it would either be Sky Blue or it might be Washington. Honestly, kind of moving forward, so. I'm going to have to keep an eye on both of those teams, honestly, and kind of hope for the best uh, out of that. Washington, especially, I feel like, is really going to be that team where you and I really just are like, I have no idea what you're no, going to do, Washington. Right, they right. literally traded away their entire team, basically. So uh, would, would it be fair to say that you're looking at Houston, Sky Blue FC, and Washington to be somewhere in the bottom three this year? Yes, I would agree with you on that, in all honesty. And that's nothing against Houston, but as you mentioned, though, Houston hasn't done a lot this offseason. They, they made a couple of tra- they made a couple of things. That's great. Houston has very much like the revolution where they have the offensive power to to fight you you've got rachel daly you've got morgan bryant when carly lloyd comes back you've got the players kelia ohi of course exactly you can't look past having some of the arguably the best young midfielders and forwards in the game but defensively that's where i have a big problem with it goalkeeper they're fine lydia williams jane campbell whoever it is they're going to be fine in the net defensively i'm terrified because i have no idea what the dash are going to do honestly so that's going to be a big problem moving forward in my opinion if you're the Dash. Yeah, so. and I, I would say the biggest thing with the Washington Spirit is uh, kind of like Sky Blue FC. Well, not actually not kind of like Sky Blue FC. It's The biggest thing is just the mystery of, of what they're going to look like. They right. Brought, so they got rid of so many players, brought in so, so many new players. Yes. My, my feeling is preseason is all about finding the identity of the team. Exactly. And that's even the thing, too. Just because FC Casey's getting LaRue and Rodriguez back doesn't mean they're going to be good. Uh, These ladies haven't played soccer at a high level for a a little over a year. That's right. That's right. Who knows? It's not necessarily going to be the same Rodriguez and the same Sidney LaRue that were tearing up the NWSL and the national teams as well, too. I, I don't necessarily know what you're going to get. So that I'm going to definitely be keeping an eye on those two players very much as the preseason and regular season begins here in just the next couple of weeks. So... Kind of exciting, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> Speaking of excitement, Baxter, the NWSL, the North, the NC Courage, North yes. Carolina Football Club, uh, big announcement. They're actually teaming up with, obviously, the, the men's side of the club, North Carolina right. FC, but also with Capital Area Soccer League and Triangle Football Club. They're all merging together, basically, is the easiest really? way to explain it, at the youth levels to form the largest youth soccer club in North Carolina. But what's great is now you know that you've got professional teams mm-hmm. both men's and women's not only helping with the development of these younger players but mm. also got eyes on these younger players and that's the big thing I mean, north carolina is a huge hub for the soccer world for those that don't follow soccer as closely as maybe simon and i do but if you can get the the largest state to an extent that produces high quality soccer talent all working together all all levels all working together and that's that's it it's exactly it is they are all working together yes. Baxter, th- this this means that in this one club alone there's going to be 13,500 youth players now <laughs> what you hope is that this does lead to uh, being able to get away from a pay to play model yeah I, I think eventually that's how you solve the problem. That, that's a whole other show we could, we could talk about with the pay-to-play model. <laughs> yes. Uh, but when you get professional teams involved where, where they're not dependent on parents having to put money forward so their kids can train with a club, but mm-hmm. instead money coming from the top down, uh, it'd be great to see that, that a lot of the youth then be served in this way, where, where it's not about the only kids who can play are the ones who 
parents are wealthy or, or who right. qualify for some type of scholarship, but they get to play because they want to play. That's exactly. it. Exactly. And that's the big, that's the beauty of the game of soccer as a whole is playing the game because you love it, not because you have to pay thousands of dollars just to step on a field that's with right. some of the best players in your area. My, my, my like wallet that. knows that scenario yeah. well. <laughs> it's the problem when your daughter's so good at soccer. That's I get right. it, you know. <laughs> All right, let's move into the European side of the game here as uh, one of our correspondents, Marcelo Taborga, is going to be joining us on the line here in just a quick moment. Uh, the Premier League continuing uh, to, to change, continuing to, to make so many different people excited about the craziness that is taking place. Uh, and Marcelo is one of our European soccer correspondents. Uh, and he's going to be joining us on the show here in just a brief moment. Uh, I'm excited to talk to him about everything taking place in Everton. So uh, let's get to Marcelo right now as he is joining us here on the shopfutsal.com call in line. Marcelo, sir, how are we doing today? Hey, guys. Hello from Florida. Yeah, rub it in right off the bat. Appreciate <laughs> it, Marcelo. R right off the bat. Uh, so I don't even want to ask you how warm it is down there, but I'm going it to. It got pretty chilly today. Yeah, I think it was 60 this morning when oh, I went to the gym. Okay, 60. Okay, 60, okay. Simon. Man, like, that's got to be cold in Florida. I can't even imagine. Degrees. I feel like you guys are probably scraping ice off your cars like, this is 60 degrees. Help us. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I was freezing. I put on a jacket this morning. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like 20 below. No, it's yeah. like 20 degrees here, basically. <laughs> yeah. Put on the snow boots to walk my daughters out to the bus this yeah, morning. You so, gotta, yeah, you got to do that. Well, Marcelo, the Premier League is coming towards the tail end of the season. Chelsea right now high atop the table. Uh, what, are your, what do you make of this, this potential two or three team race for the uh, final spot, that first place spot here uh, in the English Premier League thus, at, the re at the end of the season? Uh, well, unless there's like a serious injury to either Conte or Hazard, I really don't see anybody beating Chelsea for, you know, the championship right now. And it is. It's You look at it, I mean, they're 10 points clear of Tottenham, also 10 points clear of City as well. Uh, Tottenham, I think you should be happy about if you're, if, you're a Tottenham, if you're a Tottenham Spurs fan because they've been able to be consistent, which I think folks were kind of worried about after them doing fairly well last year, but... Even being in second place, I feel like in the Premier League, has to speak to the team as a whole, especially with Harry Kane starting so poorly as well. Yeah, yeah, and I think uh, I think he got injured recently. He I'm did, not sure yes, he yeah, he did. Yeah. He did, so that's another scare for Tottenham. That's a big scare, yeah. I mean, they're, they're still, so, yeah. as, much as, as much as Chelsea is up by 10 points and, and Tottenham sitting there in second, you lose Harry Kane to a serious injury. There's, there's still 11 games to be played, which is a significant amount of games to be played. Talk to me about Manchester United here because they are trying to fight for a Champions League spot right now. They're trying to stay relevant. They're, they're doing well. It's not like they're not having a good season, but your yeah. thoughts about the sixth-place uh, Reds taking, trying to take over the, the world right now of the Premier League and just European football? Well, as you know, I love Man U, but I, I'm still just – I can't believe we still have Fellani. I mean, <laughs> I, I, no. It's just, it's kind of like Mourinho gets so tempted to play him. And then when he's on the field, you have to take long balls. You have to shoot it. You have to use his headers. But, you know, I, I don't think that's the Manchester United style. So when he's there, it's like you're tempted to play him. You know he's good in the air. But in the position he plays him, it's like, okay, you're putting Paul Pogba next to Marianne Fellani. Paul Pogba used to play next to Marquisio and Pirlo, and he dominated. Now he's playing next to Fellani, which still to me is a four, you know, four star, three star team, you know, player. He's not, a, he's not your five star team player. So I'm, I, that's one of, I think that's the reason why we're still sixth place, to be honest with you. Um, but 
Uh, I do I do see that we're playing very well. We had a great match against Chelsea. We ended up losing it, unfortunately, but it was it was very exciting to see how the team played so well defensively. Um, Mike Rashford just had pretty much one of the games of his life all by himself up front. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, I'm still excited whether or not we reach Champions League. I hope we do um, because you know that really is going to attract a lot more you know quality players if we do reach the Champions League. But um, I, I you know there's there's always hope. You know you never know somebody's going to slip. You know the the Jared slip. You know um, somebody's going <laughs> to hopefully. Um, somebody's going to slip, hopefully, and I don't think United is going to slip at all for the rest of the season. So. No, I mean, they're, they're playing well. I mean, they haven't lost in a while. You look at a club like Liverpool, who they're at 55 points, Man U's at 49, and, and Man U does have two games in hand, so they, they could be tied in points. Then you're looking at goal differential, which, which does favor Liverpool. Now, Liverpool had that gritty win against Burnley, mm. uh, but the way they've been playing against the lesser clubs of the league has been surprising so i actually think manchester united has a great opportunity to get in champions league if not through the league uh, through the premier league they're looking really good in europa league yeah they are yeah and i think we've been playing very well in europa league as well um you know i think definitely not the highest rated players like Ander Herrera, uh marcos rojo they're really stepping up their game when it comes to these really important matches um you know, you got the likes of uh, even David De Gea coming in huge all the time for us. Um, but it's always just, you know, if these Pogba isn't playing well, you can always count on Ander Herrera to, you know, just run his guts out all the way in the field. <laughs> um, so I, I'm really excited for how the team is developing for sure. And I really do believe uh, we can win the Europa League as well. Talking with Marcelo Taborga here on to up front on the shopfutsal.com call in line. Marcelo, changing gears here for the last little part of our, our chat with you. The Champions League, uh, walk me through the chaos that's been taking place here because you see games like Barcelona and PSG, which I still haven't fully accepted happen because I'm pretty sure there was some weird like FIFA cheat codes or something that were that were applied to the game. But what have you made of these second legs as you see you know, Bayern, Real Madrid, Dortmund, Barcelona, you know, Juventus, Leicester all come away with victories and then uh, ultimately end up moving through to the next round? Well, um, I don't know, but there, I don't know if you've heard. Of, there's a petition going around to replay the Barca PSG game, um, and I did sign it just to see, you know, if Barcelona <laughs> can do it again. Uh, but I mean, so far, Champions League has just been, you know, so entertaining, so entertaining. Because you know, even in Real Madrid Napoli game, Napoli's, you know, and everybody's like, oh man, Napoli's gonna come out with the win. And then, of course, you know, um, Real Madrid just ends up securing it. But uh, very impressed by Leicester City. Very impressed. Um, at home and give the fans something to cheer on, you know, against Sevilla, such a great squad. Um, but, I mean, the Champions League, honestly, I don't think anybody can stop Bayern right now. Well, that, that's actually what I was going to bring up. As impressive as Leicester has been, at least yesterday <laughs> completely unimpressive is is arsenal i mean just getting destroyed in both games by byron oh, but then gosh. also being just horrible in the premier league what is going on with the gunners well it's good news for me because hopefully man you can you know top them in the table um, but, <laughs> uh, there's been some very interesting things i think uh sanchez is obviously the center of attention um, and they're really not, I feel like they're not doing a very good job securing his position in the team. You know, he's, 
he's almost the face of Arsenal right now. Um, so to kind of treat him in the way he's been treated, uh, not ideal if I were to be an Arsenal fan, uh, to the very least, because Arsenal, obviously, there have always been such a consistent squad coming in fourth pretty much every year. Um, but I feel like they're going to have a hard time keeping their players. I know Bellerin's been linked to Barcelona. Um, they're really going to have a hard time keeping a few of their players, at least, over the summer. All right. Well, oops, sorry, go ahead, no, I was going to say, I'll, I'll tell you what my hopes are. I, I'm an Everton guy, Marcelo. <laughs> so I'm hoping that Manchester United ends up in fifth place. Everton ends up in sixth. Manchester United wins Europa League, goes to the Champions League, and that means Everton at least gets to go to Europa League. I believe that's how it works anyway. I think so. <laughs> that would be great because you guys would have to keep Lukaku as well. Oh, uh, yes. Yes, we need to keep him. One of the leading scorers oh, in the gosh. Premier League. He's so fun to watch. No kidding. Well, Marcelo, we appreciate you taking the time to join us on Two Up Front today, sir. Uh, we'll be talking to you again soon. All right, we appreciate your time. Thanks, guys. All right, there goes Marcelo Taborga on the shopfootsell.com. Call in line. Great interviews today so far, Simon. Jeff Carlisle of ESPN FC. Great to hear from Marcelo as well about the Premier League. And I, I, I try to understand the Champions League, but there is just so much weirdness that takes place that I'm just like, I don't know. I, I love the drama. Sure, I really sure. Do. Well, I, think the, I think the biggest thing that adds to the weirdness factor that you're pointing to is the, is the shuffling that these European teams right. do have to do with, with the amount of games that they have. So mm -hmm. it's... You never quite know who exactly is going to be suiting up for these for these teams, especially when you're talking group stage. But right. uh, but but even here, you know, it's if team like Arsenal, if they're if they're going to put everybody in that game against Bayern and try to get over the big hump that they have, which of course got even bigger, uh, they're not going to be playing as many players in the Premier League. But right. that for me has been the oddest thing is is the the lack of of uh, of shuffling successful shuffling that mm. Arsenal's been able to do you know years past they usually get this far and then tank out anyways but <laughs> but at least in <laughs> the league yeah. at this point they were still looking like they were going to be in the top 4 and right now it just I don't see it happening yeah it's going to be very interesting to see what the heck Arsenal does we've heard chance of Arsene Wenger you know should get fired as well i mean at this point, maybe what, what, what could it hurt, honestly, if you fire Arsene Wenger? If you're, you, I, as an Arsenal supporter, I feel like maybe that is the route that needs to happen so that way you can finally move forward as a club and you know, stop settling for fourth place. If they do, though, Baxter, I certainly hope it would be, uh, why don't we announce that you're retiring? Because yes. he's been with the club for 20 years. Yeah, you can just and all right fire him. He's been very successful in, in the respect of, of making it to Champions League yes. every year. Granted, I know people say, well, that's, that's not success in and of itself. And I agree with that. However, he also was the coach responsible for them winning with, with Thierry Henry. You know, we're not losing 38 games. I mean, they the went undefeated. undefeated season. Right. Yeah. Um, so he's done wonderful things with that club. So you would hope that he doesn't just end up getting dismissed. I think you do see him out through the end of the season and then maybe have a backdoor agreement with him. Be like, listen, why don't you announce you know, you're going to retire and we can kind of just move on from there, basically. All right, uh, a couple of quick comments here uh, on Facebook. Uh, James on Facebook says, we should put a team in Milwaukee. Well, we do technically have a team here in Milwaukee, depending on your, your taste, whether it's the, uh, the indoor side of it for the Milwaukee Wave, who are doing exceptionally well in the MASL playoffs right now. Holy cow. Yeah, well, they, they start, uh, I believe it's on, on Sunday is the game. I'll, I'll pull it up here, Baxter. Yeah, but Eastern yeah, what, what a finish. Finals. 
Yeah, Holy what cow. what a finish they had to the season. It looked like that the Milwaukee Wave was not going to make the playoffs earlier in their year when we talked to uh, Giuliano yeah. Oliveira, who was going to be on today's show, but uh, they got this thing called training going on. Practice. So we'll, we'll get him <laughs> on here at some point. But, uh, but yeah, very exciting, very exciting times for the Milwaukee Wave. Yes, I'm excited to have uh, Coach on hopefully here in the coming weeks. So maybe he'll bring the trophy when they end up winning it and just be like, here you go, guys. We've been busy. Sorry. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> here we go. And then Tony also says, excellent and insightful interview with Jeff Carlisle. We appreciate, um, we appreciate yeah, that, thanks, Tony. Tony. We, uh, we love having Jeff on the show. Uh, last thing we got to get to here on the uh, the end of the show here on Two Up Front is our MLS predictions for the upcoming weekend. I'm currently I'm going to gloat for it as long Do as it. I can. I'm do currently it. leading. Uh, I have uh, I've got a 10 and 11 record. You've got a 7 and 14 record. Yes, I do. Yes. Uh, I changed that Minnesota pick after uh, after we get off the air. I don't know if you had marked that down. Yes, as that loss. you would yeah. pick with the loons, right? Yes. yes. Yeah, I, yep. I, I thought with with the conditions, with the snow, and I, all the I, South I, Americans. Mentally, uh, I was like, I think that's going to happen. Yeah, and yeah. then they lose six to one. Uh, by the way, uh, we didn't say this with with Jeff on the phone or on the what do we on the computer on the video on the, on the stream. Know. I'm an old man. I don't know how to phrase Somewhere. that <laughs> on the interwebs. I don't know. Uh, but what we didn't talk about is this is the officially the worst start goal wise right. for an expansion team to. to only score two goals and give up 11. Well, and it's also, I mean, that game against Atlanta was the record coldest ever in Major League yes, Soccer. Yes, yes. The absolute coldest. Like, it was, I, I couldn't believe it. I was trying to keep an eye on what they were doing, and I'm like, how are they playing a game right now? I was like, this is unbelievable. But Atlanta and yet they postponed, victorious. they postponed the New England Yeah, game. I'm like, guys, like, it was a flurry. Call but listen, that, like, what the heck? Listen, give credit, though, to those Minnesota United fans. They understand it's yes. an expansion season. 35,000 still show up at TCF Bank Stadium, yeah. uh, which is where the Minnesota Gophers football team plays. Uh, I think it's going to be a, a great atmosphere there every time, Baxter. I agree. All right, getting to the predictions now for us. Uh, NY, NYCFC playing host to the Montreal Impact. What say you, Simon Provan? New York City, I can't, uh, I can't deny that, that they're looking much better. I was surprised at how well they played at home, Baxter, in their opening yeah. home game because last year it was almost uh, hurting them to play at home on that very small pitch it was. at Yankee Stadium. But they, uh, they seem to have adjusted well to it, and I think they're going to be a scary team this that year. That 4-0 victory against D.C. United last week yes. certainly sent a clear message, especially when you and I have been so happy or praisey, praiseworthy of D.C. United as well, too. So something to keep an eye on. Uh, a game that I think a lot of folks are excited for, Atlanta and Chicago. Chicago got a big shutout victory against RSL last week at home. Atlanta, of course, coming off of another goal-happy game for them. Atlanta's home. What do you make of this game? Well, I'll tell you what. If, if you're a Chicago fan, take a uh, snapshot of the standings because you're sitting in second place. Yes. Uh, four points out Remember of the first two games. Day. That's, that's good. Uh, but I think... Man, with the way Atlanta looks right now, they are on fire. They they did well in their home opener. They ended up losing, but they were looking pretty darn well for about the first 60 minutes. I think they put it all together, Baxter, and, and Atlanta wins this one. I'm going to have to agree with you on that one as well, too. Who'd you have for the last game, by the way? I had NYCFC okay. as well. Yep, okay. Sorry. Uh, Vancouver uh, playing host to TFC. Look, Toronto has got this Giovinco injury that continues to loom, and Vancouver is scoring goals. That's the thing. They just lost to San Jose 3-2. to two. I get that. That, you know, tough, hard-fought battle, but... 
Vancouver seems to be putting things together. And I feel like I said this all last year when they were doing fairly well to start the season as well. But darn it, I'm going to keep pushing Vancouver. <laughs> I have them beating a, a wounded TFC at home. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, Usted looked fantastic last night. He's the only reason that game ended up 2-0, not yeah. 6-0. I think they're going to have a lot of tired legs. So I'm actually going to go with Toronto on this one. That's a good point. I didn't think about that one. D.C. United playing host to Columbus. D.C. coming off of that massive shutout loss. Columbus uh, still trying to find their feet a little bit here with this new shifty team that they've got involved. Uh, I've got Columbus winning on the road just because I don't think D.C. United has uh, a clear picture yet of what they're trying to do this season. Uh, I, I agree with you that D.C.'s looking for something, but I'm going to go with they, they put some of that together this weekend, and I'm actually going to go D.C. United for okay. the win. Fair enough. Uh, Orlando back at home again against the Philadelphia Union. Your thoughts? Uh, Philly's looking okay this season. Mm -hmm. uh, Orlando, obviously without a Kaká midfield. Um, this is a tough one, Baxter. I'm, I'm going to have to go with the draw. That's exactly what I took as well, too. <laughs> I was thinking about it. I'm like, I'm really not blown away by either of these teams, honestly. So hoping, hoping we'll see what a draw ends up coming from this. FC Dallas playing host to the New England Revolution. FC Dallas, uh, they have a Champions League game tonight. Uh, the Revolution got an extra week of rest because they didn't have to play against Orlando. I think the Revs, even though it's on the road, playing in a warm condition climate, I think they're going to take advantage of a tired FC Dallas. That all makes perfect sense to me, Baxter, but I'm totally sold on FC Dallas. I don't care what happens tonight. FC Dallas wins this game against New England. Fair enough. Uh, sporting Kansas City and San Jose. I'm going to go with San Jose. That's exactly who I have as well, too. See, you're just, you're just picking all my teams so you stay ahead of me in the standings for the rest of the <laughs> season. I always see, make the same picks. I've got a three-game lead. I'm going to just pick every single thing you do now the rest of the way. You found me out. Colorado playing host to Minnesota United. Uh, the Loons are just in a tailspin, unfortunately. It's almost like a game of Duck Hunter. There's a wank. If, if Minnesota, oh, that was, that was harsh, Baxter. Sorry. A little too soon. <laughs> a little too uh, soon. Uh, if Minnesota can't score against the likes of Minnesota United, who I, I do have to say, or uh, Colorado Atlanta. can't score against. No, I was going to say oh, if Minnesota, Minnesota can't, can't score, score against, against Atlanta United, who uh, his defense is, is doing much better than I thought. Jeff Lorenowitz, Greg Garza, jelling a lot quicker than I expected. Uh, but I don't see Minnesota able to to get past this Colorado back line. I'm taking Colorado in a 2-0 win. I, I agree with you. <laughs> uh, RSL and the Galaxy. I've got Real Salt Lake winning this game. Uh, I feel like even though the, the, the beginning of the season has been a little, little bit of a roller coaster for them, that LA still is trying to figure out what do we do with our hands? We don't now have the same team that we had last year, so how do we put this all together? And Rio Tinto Traditionally, very hard to win at. Nick Romano still playing very good soccer to start the season as well in between the pipes. Yeah, RSL only a point on the season, but the Nick Romano point is exactly what I was going to say. Is uh, He's stellar. He's still playing like he's 25, and I think uh, we see RSL win this one. Mm. Portland and Houston, arguably the game of the week. It is. I think there's almost yes. too much firepower in this game. I think they're going to end up in a draw. Oh, that's a good point. i got to take the Timbers. They're at home. Understandable. Um, I, I am still worried about that defense. We saw L.A. get behind it a few times. Yeah. Uh, Fernando Adi perhaps being too selfish when he should have passed that ball <laughs> off to uh, Diego Valeri. Come on, Fernando. Uh, you're better than that. I'm hoping they get a few of those kinks worked out. I, I think Pirano, or Pirano. <laughs> Portland wins this game. Pirano. Who is that? <laughs> Seattle and the Red Bulls uh, playing each other. Seattle hosting Red Bulls um, are a little better. Maybe. 
I don't know. The Red Bulls are I my think... pick in this one. It's hard because both of these teams are very well matched, but I think, uh, I think the Red Bulls ultimately are the better of the two teams. Yeah, I mean, the Red Bulls, Portland, and Houston, the only uh, teams with two wins on the season. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with the Red Bulls as well. Okie doke. Well, we'd love to hear your guys' uh, your predictions. You can comment here below in the video, or you can get us, of course, uh, at Two Up Front Soccer on, 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 the, uh, on the Twitterverse. That's the word that I was looking for. By the way, Chris Blakely gave me a hard time for uh, cheering on Portland with, on, with their Chris. win over Minnesota United. Chris, you give me a little credit now that Portland has beaten L.A. And, and listen, I know there's controversial cards in that game. I, I yeah. get all of that. Uh, but by the way, if, if you're on a yellow card already, you don't go diving in at a player and make the That's ref have to decide works. on whether he's going to give you a second yellow or not. That's, it's, it was a, if, I don't know if it was a deserved red, but it was a stupid play mm -hmm. by Von Dom to go in there the way he did. I agree. All right, well, we're going to have to wrap things up for this week. Uh, a special thanks to Jeff Carlisle of ESPN FC for joining us and uh, Marcelo Taborga, one of our European soccer correspondents, for joining us as well. All guests appearing on theshopfutsal.com call-in line. And remember, if you missed today's show, you can find it here on the Brew Sports page. We've also shared it as well on our Facebook page as well, too, up front, so go check it out there as well. Yeah, Baxter, real quick. Yes, uh, go right ahead. Are we going to do our I Believes this week? Uh, sure, we can I Believe yeah. really fast. Yeah. <laughs> that means you don't have one prepared. I don't. I believe that Zlatan will go to the galaxy okay good there i like go. it i like it i actually didn't have one set i just wanted to make sure oh, there uh, you go you're keeping me honest i'm I keeping you honest it. yes um so i believe boy what should i do for my i believe that the she believes cup was more about development than anything else and i think people freaking out will, will soon see that the u.s is not as bad as the uh, tournament they can look at me I like that idea. I wasn't here last week to talk about it, so I just wanted to That's the thing. I did want to. Yeah, that would, that was definitely the thing. So. All right, well, Simon Proven, I, I appreciate uh, your insight as always, sir. And uh, It's good to be back. To, looking forward to having you back again next week. Yeah, look for Brian Dunseth next week? That's is, is the rumor? That's yeah. the rumor. You heard it here first. Uh, big Johnny D there joining us, hopefully from Sirius XMFC, uh, RSL commentator. Love having Brian Dunseth on the program and hopefully some more exciting interviews as well for you. Uh, as a reminder, you can get our show on demand on iTunes, iHeartRadio, and our website, 2upfrontsoccer.com as well. And find us on Facebook. Type in 2upfront in that search bar. Find us on Twitter as well, at 2upfrontsoccer. He's at Baxter Colburn. I'm at Simon Provan. All right, for Simon Provan, I am Baxter Colburn. With our manager being the one above, we are 2upfront. having a not moving off the couch while you watch the game kind of day or a no time between conference calls kind of day it can still be a delicious duncan kind of day and with duncan now available on doordash it's easier than ever to get your faves brought right to your door so if you're looking for coffees donuts and breakfast sandwiches in the morning craving some afternoon snack and bacon or in need of duncan refreshers for a p.m pick-me-up we've got you covered order now and get your faves brought to your door through grubhub uber eats and doordash price and participation may vary exclusions apply america runs on duncan Hike the trail? Check. Order takeout? Check. Schedule heart checkup? Done. We've all adapted to a new way of living. Keep your health care on schedule with Johns Hopkins Medicine, where your health and safety are our highest priorities. 
We're ready to care for you through virtual and in-person visits across Maryland and the greater Washington region. Your health, our experts, safely caring for you. Schedule your care now. Learn more at hopkinsmedicine.org forward slash safe.